everyone and welcome to The Back Pocket, the podcast that is just as inconsistent as Damien Barrett's opinions in the sliding doors <laughs> column. Uh, my name is Alistair and always, as always I'm joined by Jack who is across from me. How you doing? I, I'm here and it is football time. In It's tomorrow not, by the time this comes out. It's not football time. Um, you duped me. I yeah. thought we were not recording until well, after I, the week. I'm sure I said for, for to get ready for round one, but maybe I said after round one and... <laughs> One of our memories is wrong. That's all I know. Mm. Um, but it's uh, two days till season starts. Um, I'm waiting for teams to come out before I base my opinions on anything. I think there's mm. lots of teams who are probably talking about players who are injured who will play, um, and vice versa as well, players who aren't quite ready that they've said will be. So Yeah, Richmond just announced that pretty much everyone who had an injury cloud is ready to go, but for some reason I doubt that. Yeah, there's, there's a, not a much chance that it. Frio had a similar thing, a bunch mm. of their injured players. Like, oh, yeah, they're all on the training track. I said, yeah, well, that doesn't mean anything. Like, players train for months while they're injured. Mm-hmm. Um, all I know is Sam Minigold is having knee surgery, so... Uh, he's not He's not back. Bad, bad knee surgery? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen just enough Just a cleaner? I think it's just a clean-up, but, like... That's not too bad. For someone who missed most of last year um, to injury and then just got back and played in one final and rough times. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. We'll do uh, just some... some pre-stuff this week so i want to run you through predictions first um off the bat who's your pick for the uh scarlet Savani medal this year oh that's a tough question hmm yeah my surprise uh Braden campbell oh yeah sneaky i reckon his off, off half back i reckon his nuggety build with his Really ridiculous speed uh, might grow on us like a this like season. a Jack Sinclair esque season. Yeah, yeah potentially. Okay. I think that's a smoky. But yeah. if I'm talking about someone who, if their form continues, uh, maybe Sam Collins. If they if they push if, for finals, that's yeah, a chance. If they get enough wins on the board, I think is the big one for them. Right? He's their um, he's their best defender. So mine is uh, Darcy Moore. Uh, I that's reckon a good with choice. the captaincy, um, a full year under his belt last year, which is unlike him for the amount of injuries he's had. Um, I'd, I'd like to see it, and as long as they don't try and throw him forward like they did for three or four games last year, and it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if it was someone from Frio either. Yeah, whether it I, could be Cox or Ryan or um, Pierce. Yeah, in the um, the write up put out for Frio on the website the other day, I was saying how like most teams, if they lost someone like Griffin Logue, they'd leave a massive hole. But he couldn't even get a run in the back he line last year and had to play there. up forward. So who who knows with them? Um, I'm keen to see how they go this year because. They're like the opposite of Brisbane, who've had their like attacking game down pat, but have had to fix up the defensive game. Whereas Freo definitely had everything defensive structures fine last year. Um, they're the hardest team to score against once you got it inside fifty. Mm. Close to the hardest team to score against in general, but couldn't you know, get the attack going the other way when it really mattered. But I think another uh, possible uh, sneaky choice might be Liam Jones. No yeah. real recognisable names down there besides Keith, who had a down season. Yeah, uh, uh, he's flashy. Depends on whether they play Darcy, King. I think will be a big part of it. Mm. Um, if Darcy plays forward, then Jones will have a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Mark's well, spoils well. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. I like that. Um, It'll be good for the Bulldogs to get some votes on the board. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness, it took them so long <laughs> last year. Um, despite the fact that we were just hoping for it's it. It's because we kept going, oh, Bailey Dale's been playing yeah, in the middle as well, yeah. so it doesn't count. Dale had a weird season last year. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see how they go. Uh, they don't have Shaki this year down there, so that's that's an improvement, I think. Shaki out, Jones um, in. That's an improvement, even I, if you take age into w- account. Watching that um, that that Shaki interview where he was like, the reason he left was because he felt like it was offensive that 
Hugo Hagen was getting games ahead of him despite the fact he thought he was playing. But I was like, I watched Hugo Hagen as a 20-year-old win games for that club. He's kicking that game against Melbourne. Yeah. He kicked like five yeah, goals. Yeah, and, and that handball he did over the top without looking. Uh, and that's his, what, second season? Second or third, yeah. He's, he's a better footballer than Shaq already. As long as, a long time as Weedering. Yeah. Remember they were one and yeah. two. So <laughs> yeah. there's and your you were freaking out before the season started that you are going to pick up Shaq. I um, remember. Yeah, I thought that was a weird call. But um, no, it is what it is. Uh, all right, so are we doing all the predictions? Is this, are you going to make we, me we pick can, a premier? Oh, oh well, if you want to pick one. a premier, you can. It's a, it's a goofy one. Oh yeah, North. North. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'll pick Hawthorne. Nah, I, <laughs> North v Hawthorne for the grand, grand final, final would be. It would be wild simply for the fact that one, no one expects either of those two mm, teams mm. to do anything, but also Clark v Mitchell in the grand oh, final would be incredible. That would be great, actually. That's a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I think the two standouts for me at the moment, and I know you're going to be like, but why didn't you say Geelong? Um, I think Brisbane have had a really good preseason, and I think Sydney have started with a fire under them. So early on, their form is both of those teams are looking quite good. I'm not saying that they will win yeah, everything, yeah. but I um I think they've set themselves up. I'm well. always hesitant with Brisbane. I've talked about this in the past. Yes, I think of they course. really struggle at the point end of the year. Last year they made a prelim, which is for them huge considering where they've gone the last few years, but mm. um. I have to see a bit more from them yeah. to, to think that. Sydney, I agree. I think there's a there's stats about teams not backing up after winning losing a grand final by that much, but Sydney are one of the only teams that have done it. Um, they I, I think they're fine. Are such a professional football team uh, and have been for so long. They're you know, really bottom out, always challenged. So I think Sydney, but I also think Melbourne again. Mm. Um, I think Under the radar. I think, I think. there's a, a, a layer of, you know, they may have lacked that hunger when it mattered last year where a Geelong team that needed it, like it was like a last yeah. chance need, and a Sydney team that was young and had a fire under them, just kind of stormed past them. I think Melbourne was still probably close to the best team in the comp last year, mm. and they've added Grundy to their list. Like yeah. that's realistically should still be a very, very good football team. Um, I think uh, one thing with Brisbane, and it's the same with the Bulldogs, I think both those teams are capable of getting really far in finals, but until their mid start running defensively, it becomes impossible yeah. for them to win. Um, but I've seen a little bit better from Brisbane over the preseason. Speaking of the crossover there, uh, Dunkley <laughs> moving to the Bulldogs yes. should help them as well because he is yeah. defensively and attackingly, attackingly, moving to offensively, Brisbane. very good. Moving to Brisbane from the yeah. Bulldogs, yeah. yeah. Um, I think offensively and defensively, he's a very good midfielder um, and he'll help you know play that role in that midfield as well mm. uh, with Ashcroft. Yeah, and that's one. That's one of those uh, that'll make an infinite, like immediate impact. Uh, yeah. He's gonna. He set himself up to have a, a Dykos or Selwood or Walsh kind of first season. He he looked um, ridiculous. Yeah. Like that preseason game was. We talked about it last week. Absolute rubbish. But Ashcroft looked phenomenal. Yeah. Like <laughs> he was everywhere. Um, and I know, obviously, your younger players are more in, inclined to try in yeah, those preseason absolutely. games. But it's their first chance to really prove. I themselves. don't think he didn't really look like he was breaking a sweat. So <laughs> there, there was a point where he was. Um, he ran away from Buse, who is quick and like the way he plays mm. on the smalls and caught up, kept up with Holmes, and I was like, oh, okay, terrifying. Like, that's an yeah. 18-year-old who is that fast and that yeah. strong. That's... <laughs> with a first preseason under the belt, yeah. so... Yeah, um, so I'm, yeah, definitely. I think those four that. teams mentioned, Sydney, Brisbane, Geelong, Melbourne, are all probably going to be yeah, up and about as top four. That's your top four again, isn't it? Um, you, you want... I, Frio sh- if Frio don't make top four, I think they should be disappointed. Um, they really had one hand on it for all of last year. I think a lot of people are predicting them to slide, yeah. um, which is crazy because I, and we saw it in the preseason, and that's just preseason form, but I feel like Nathan Five playing as a well-drilled and trained forward yeah, and could be really dangerous. Lob out Jackson in is a gain, right? That's Yes, I think so. 
Um, I worry if it ruins their uh, dynamic. I don't think Jackson's as good a forward as Lobb is. No, but Tabner, if he stays fit, that is very true. Support, if he gets stays fit and is picked in the team, yeah. which is another problem. He, he was probably the story of the year last year, wasn't he? His first half of the season was brilliant, and yeah. then as they started to slide, he just went missing. He got yeah. dropped in the end, didn't he? They, they dropped him. They played Amos in front of him. Um, they yeah. played the big kahuna every now and Real then. Real fall from grace to someone yeah. who was in good form. And who has been their key forward. Yeah, oh, and, and their best forward in that team for a I, long time. After they uh, swapped coach uh, and Ross Lyon was out, I remember him just being in career best form and going, hold on a minute, with Chera and, and Brayshaw and uh, the one whose name I forget. <laughs> um, Sarong? Sarong and like delivering to him, like this looks dangerous and it was and then it just stopped. Yeah, so. then it, it kind of went nowhere. But uh, and if he can regather some confidence, I think it's probably the main issue with him. Um, I see that being a good... Uh, you know, good for them having that up forward, but mm. uh, you know, five five Tabana Jackson uh, is uh, scary for backlines. Like that's uh, I wouldn't want to be matching up on that at the best of times. No, I wouldn't um, either. And if Schultz plays anywhere near the footy he did last year as well, um, that's also not, you know a nightmare. That's headaches. Yeah. And I mean uh, Walters is still about. He had some really good games last year. Um, kind of proved a couple of doubters wrong, but. I'm not convinced he can do it. For no, a full I season, think that which is why I think Fife up his forward consistency is was still important. poor. Yeah, um, Fife could yeah, very well have a, a great season. Like I think of him in the vein. Like everyone goes, oh, well, one day a non-key forward will win the Coleman. Someone like Fife or or Toby Green play that taller but still agile. Well, I wouldn't call Fife exactly agile, but he's crafty. Yes. Um, he's, he's good got, by the knees. He's yeah, strong. Um, so I think someone like that could potentially. Not that I'm calling that because that's a ridiculous call. Um, but yeah, uh, Frio, they could finish top four. They could finish like 10th. Yeah, so. I, I, I think one, like we saw it last year and not even going through the season, at the end of the year, 10th to 5th was minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we're set for another year like that. Yes, which is it and seems they're the best years for a, a viewing standpoint, mm. like where every game really means something, unless you're West Coast or North last year, really. Yeah. The only teams that... Well, I think that was the reason why it was so tight. We had West Coast, North, Hawthorne and Adelaide who were all down the bottom. Yeah. And were and even Essendon for yep. for a long no, period absolutely. there that were just non competitive. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad saying that about Adelaide, who really uh, challenged sides, and yeah, Hawthorne, I'm... who were tactically sound um, and beat some good sides too. Hawthorne knocked off obviously Gold Coast at the end of the year and ruined their finals chances. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously beat Geelong early in the year yep. and had a few really close games with good sides. But the fact that all of those teams had like what five wins and yeah, less. West Coast and North had two each. Yeah, it, it really stacks yeah. the GWS top. West were another one last year. Yeah, were really lacking. I I can't see them doing as badly this year, despite GWS. Yeah, I, I think they'll be more middling. I think last year was a shock for them. Like that, they are they made a semi final year before, mm. um, and competed for years before that. I think they're still a. They lost Taranto, but their midfield was so stacked that that shouldn't be a huge loss for them. They lost two of them, didn't they? They, lost they did. They lost um, Hopper. No, Hopper. Yeah, yeah. But they've still got Green, they, Kelly, Canelio. That didn't want to come out. Um, so I think they've still got a strong midfield. Their ruck's a big issue. I think um, Bruce yeah, is always injured stay on. and Flynn. Yeah, Flynn. I don't see that being sustainable. But teams have done well without great rucks. Oh before. yeah, of course. A so ruck is is ninety percent of the time. Superfluous. I actually really like um, what the AFL's done with the round one fixture during this year. There's a few staples. Obviously, um, Port and Brisbane have played round one for a while. Uh, 
and obviously Carlton and Richmond have been the opening game, or at least the Thursday night game when they decided to change it last year for years. But um, I think after the games they had last year, Geelong Collingwood's a great choice. Mm. Um, I like that they've gone West Coast and North <laughs> as a matchup. Just the two teams that could barely get a win last year, put them together in round one. Um, opening opening day of Saturday, 42, which is fun. Uh, Hawthorne Essendon, obviously they try and pretend that's still a rivalry all these years <laughs> on. But the one I really love is to finish off the week um, to round things out, the St Kilda Frio Ross Lyon matchup. Yeah, which love I think it. is funny because <laughs> it's it's fake. It's a fake drama. Yeah, oh, it is. It is. <laughs> um, I just i I keep forgetting that that really happened. That mm. Ross Lyon is a coach this year because mm. I also remember when they gave Richardson a three year contract extension in the middle of last year. Richardson, you mean um, Ratton? Ratton, sorry, they did yeah. The same thing to they did the same thing with Richardson, Sackie sorry, yeah. But Ratton. to Ratton, they gave him a contract extension in the middle of the year, yeah. And then they're like, oh, actually, St Kilda are doing the opposite trend that a lot of clubs are doing. Yeah. Um, a lot of clubs are giving their coaches more and more time, and <laughs> St Kilda are cutting them off the legs within two years. I know that you know it was a disappointing finish, two or three years. Sure, that look at how they started last year before just sacking Ratton completely. It 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 was very, and we talked about this last year. It was yeah. really weird for them to re-sign him after a win, one win, yeah, after, after a few losses, weeks five and losses weeks of terrible yeah. terribleness, um, and then when they went back to being bad again, yeah, it, it seemed like it was a see out the one more year in his contract and let it slide kind of thing, um, and they just did two knee jerk reactions in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and now all the injuries they've got, they're kind of in no man's land again. Yeah, no no recognisable forwards at the moment, which is a struggle. Because when when you watch St Kilda, the way they win, and obviously Paddy Ryder is no longer there for them, they win based off Rowan Marshall's freak ability yep. around the ground and then players like Membry and King outsizing yes. and outjumping their opponents. And without that, yep. they're relying on smalls that I don't think are quite up to scratch. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, obviously, Steele's massive for them. I think he's mm-hmm. probably their most important player still. But I think Sinclair's more important to um, without his run there in trouble. Yeah, I think they're another their one of those teams. And we, we've talked about this about a few teams. It's just, it's just the um, who backs up the talent. Like mm. Their main talent is very good, and we know that. But the, the next level below, um, and especially the depth players as well, when even the players who aren't probably you know top eight, best 22 material, get injured and someone who's even lower than that like is properly VFL standard comes in we saw it with Essendon a couple of years ago when their best 22 started to get injured and those players came through they mm. just weren't up to scratch um, and I, I do worry that St Kilda's going to be I know they already finished ninth or 10th last year but I, I worry they're going to slide quite heavily this year as could do um, you know Gold Coast and Port yeah, push up as they should yeah, maybe Port even Adelaide definitely you said. push for um, top 8 if not top the, 4 the Port Brisbane game is really good I think t- for Port not necessarily to get a read on them because round one's always hard for that anyway. But if Port can win that game, they will have so much more belief yeah. compared to the start they had last year. It's at home. They almost beat Brisbane in Brisbane round one last season. Um, I, I'm really interested to see how that game goes for both teams' fortunes for the year and to watch Ashcroft tear it up as an 18-year-old. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Ashcroft playing on uh, Horn, Horn Francis, Francis, maybe. Or oh, is Horn Francis injured? Tank Horn's out of field day. Yeah, his tunes changed quite a bit. Um, All right, so I guess we really did predict a wooden spoon when we just said Hawthorne North, didn't we? Um, It's going to be one of those two It's got to be one of those two. I can't see anyone else getting close. Adelaide are going to improve. West Coast can't be as bad as they were last year. West Coast won't be as bad. Um, Essendon even last year, that was the frustration, was that as soon as they couldn't make finals, they started playing 
watchable football mm-hmm. and won a few games. Mm-hmm. Um, it just showed that their confidence was shot. And but as soon as they still, weren't playing for anything... It was still attacking, non-defending football. Yes, it, it was. It wasn't good. It was. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what Brad Scott brings to them. He did a, a really good job with yeah, a well, limited north side. We really so. saw the difference it made. I mean, where they've been since he got sacked is nowhere. Mm. Um, they've barely won more than five games a year since he's been gone. And they've so, had seven coaches since then. Yeah. Um, I, I think that he is a good coach. Um, I don't know if he's a great coach, but he's a better coach than it seems like they've had for a while. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, and North seem to have a better coach in terms of uh, coaching ability. Uh, whether that is a great choice in terms of the fact that the racism saga is still mm. not concluded and he's at the club. I feel like the the biggest worry is that if that blows up in the middle of the year and he gets a ban put on him, you've got another North coach gone in the middle of the season. Yeah. And they're just knee-deep in it again through something that could have been fixed if they pushed through this report faster and actually worked out what they were going to do about it. It's a, it's a big um, smudge all over. It's, the season right now. Yeah. And, uh, and it felt similarly about Essendon and the AFL pushed that as much as they yeah. could so it didn't affect in-season. I got yeah. to a point where they had to... You wonder if they'll wait until whether like the bye week before the finals this year or something to actually it, release it. Look, there's no chance in hell North are going to get... Near the finals. Near the finals. No. So they don't have to worry about that point. Um, but it is going to be very it's interesting. so strange. Did you see um, South Fremantle got done for salary cap cheating in that... I did not see that. So 2021, when they made and lost the grand final at Subi, mm. um, the reports came out and they got done for salary cap. And they got docked two games for this year. How, before the season how much were they over the salary cap? I don't know. I didn't see what the actual figures were. I know it shouldn't matter how much, but yeah, they still broke Yeah, they've the been rule, docked but... two games before the season starts. A rough start. Oof. Yeah. Um, all right. So what other things can we predict? It's it's really asinine. To... Well, I was going to say who are your improvers, but you've already said Adelaide. Yeah. Um, Adelaide and Port. Adelaide, Port and Carlton are the three that I think should improve. I'm a bit iffy about yeah. <laughs> I know that. I think um, the slider, and not necessarily because I think they're going to slide in terms of quality, but I think the slider in terms of ladder position has to be Collingwood. It has because to be. you just can't win nine out of 12 games by less, less than two Look, goals. We were wrong last year. No, they just kept doing it. But, um, well, then they lost two games in the finals, but the close margins yeah. against both Geelong and Sydney. But if it um, swaps, they might win like... Seven and thirteen, yeah. and then win the like finals that. ones. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, um, but all, yeah, all you can say is McRae has them playing really exciting football. Mm. Um, and credit to him, I, it will I, be interesting to see if teams pick I, them out. I a bit saw more him now. use the most memeable quote of all time today, where he said, "Like uh, he considers them his uh, him and his forty four sons." Um, and I, my immediate thought was like, hey, "Don't talk to me or my forty four <laughs> sons ever again." Um, but yeah, he's, he's got he, a couple of bad eggs, and he's, <laughs> he's got a few bad eggs, but he loves all of his family. Um, yeah, so Collingwood, I predict to potentially slide. Another one I'm so unsure of is Richmond. I think they could go top four. Oh, they, I think they, they really could, could go, go either way. If they're down, more aging players. Mm. Um, I think McIntosh is a huge loss for them. Oh, massive. Um, Much like Edwards. They still have a um, lot of talent all over Taranto the Toronto coming in and Hopper coming in is huge, but there, there's just so much age on that list now. I think the main thing, Matt fixes for them is their reliancy on Prestia. When Prestia goes down, yes. they have big issues. Yeah, every time they lost him, they um, hole. And they filled it in one game with Baker, and that went really well for them, the Geelong game. Yep. Um, but a couple of other times he went down, they just had nothing. But Baker was very good for them last year. Uh, and or, he's someone who like should a, improve. a new player um, in terms of how he played compared to I previous seasons. Bolton's be... obviously a, a generational talent. Um, and I expect him to have another good year. Mm. Um, his best is very good, but he's... When he kicks one goal five, it's the opposite. Yeah. 
Um, the, uh, but I think the biggest problem for Richmond is... No Castagna, though. There's a lot of age down back. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the sense that um, Broad's 30 this year, in a, I think a couple of months' time. Uh, Vlosten would be probably 31. Grimes is a very similar age bracket. So most of their back line is ageing. Um, and that is, is a problem because... The whole point of this podcast is that you build good teams on defence. Mm. And when you have that kind of age profile, if all of those players are a step slower, if it happens all at once, then you're left with a lot of leaks. I thought they I thought they drafted to get around that a little bit. Well, you can... Yeah, but you, how long do keys take to come on? Like, it doesn't happen True. immediately. Gibkiss has played oh, a lot of games Gib- already, and Gibkiss. Bolter can hold down defence. Yeah. So oh, if you've got those two as your yeah. keys and you work around the smalls around but it, Gib- obviously... Gibkiss, when he was forced to play man-on-man, got made to look a bit goofy last year. It was his first season. Yeah, I know. Not but, everyone can come in first season as a key and kill it. Yeah, well, almost no one does. No. Pretty much ever. Uh, like, Sam DeConing, second well, season was, he played... But it was also his fourth year on a list... Oh, I th- fourth year? He was 21 last year. Oh, well, I thought it was only his second. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Weedering did well in his first season and terrible in but, his second. Yeah. Um, Moore played pretty well in his... He played forward, though, didn't he? Yeah. His yeah. first season in back, he played well. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, it's hard. It's rare. Um, and key forwards don't play that well at young ages either. Like, it's one mm. of those things where the bigger players just take until they're 22, 23 to come but, on, usually. like, even, even with a year under his belt and the fact that he played senior footy can make a difference yeah. there. I think oh, he actually, and Bolter stra- can make... With, with the exception of Sam Darcy, who just looked a natural talent down back last year. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, do you have any predictions about potential Brownlow and Coleman winners? Oh, that's just a... It's Col- impossible, Coleman, right? considering that key forwards are probably the most injury-prone players mm. in the AFL, mm. um, but also the fact that a, a player can just suddenly have that year. Like, <laughs> I'm going out. I'm picking five for both. Five for both. Oh, yeah. you, if he wins the Coleman, he'll win the Brownlow. Yeah. Um, that's like I think you can lock that in. If he wins if the Coleman, win 15 games. to 16 oh, yeah. games, so that works. Yep. And he he keeps on his average goal kicking of three he, a game. If he's he set. Kicks, yeah, if he kicks 50 goals and they win 15 games, yes. this is every chance he wins both. The other one I was going to suggest was, and it's completely gone from my brain, I think Brownlow, uh, I'm tipping Brisbane to win a fair few games this year. Imagine if Will Ashcroft won it in his first year. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw how much it attracts attention in yep. a winning team with Dacos last yep. year. Um, so it's... I, I think... Um, well, his main vote sealer would be Neil, right? Um, so I think they'd my, probably cancel each other out. But boy, well, and, be and Dunkley now. Oh, that's true. I forgot about Dunkley again. My main pick for uh, Coleman, if he can stay fit, is Jeremy Cameron. I think mm. if he'd stayed fit last year, mm. he probably would have done it then. Um, he missed a few games with that hamstring again, which yeah. is probably the most likely thing to stop it. Uh, Brownlow's just hard. I think Taranto has to be my pick. I think that he will take the main role in that midfield, and I think he'll do it well. That's very interesting. Um, and I don't think they have to win that many games for him to do yeah. it. I think they play such a contested game that it will suit the fact that he loves a hard ball and loves kicking a goal. So, um, yeah, uh, that, there's a out-of-the-hat pick. Oh, I hope he doesn't because I just can't stand Richmond. Uh, <laughs> I'm biased, man. Um, um, I can't think of anything else to predict because I'm done. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, all right. I'm going to uh, hop on your bandwagon from last week and give you a who would win. Cool. I got, I've uh, got a new segment coming I up I went as that, goofy so. as possible too. I want to know who would win 22 Aaron Sanderlands or okay. 22 Caleb Daniels. Caleb Daniels. You reckon? Yeah. I, I, so, like, my, my argument here is, I, Caleb Daniel can tackle, yes. right? 
Can you tackle? Can one Caleb Daniel tackle? Two can. Oh yeah, I guess two can. You get swarmed by Caleb Daniels, <laughs> you're done. It's like the it's like the thousand rats. So right? like yeah. <laughs> so Caleb Daniels' new nickname for us is the thousand, thousand rats. rats. Um, so for example, Sanderlands wins the hit out. There's no yeah. no chance. He hits it to another Sanderlands who, who is then immediately by <laughs> all four Caleb Daniels, and he might get his arms free. But then then the next. Sandlands is also getting tackled. He's so not agile. His kicking's not fantastic. He's not getting away from Caleb, See, a thousand rats. I, I agreed with Caleb Daniel, but I didn't consider the swarm. I didn't yeah. think of... Um, it's a beautiful image I've got in my head. <laughs> just Caleb Daniel was just swarming. It's um, a plague of, uh, of Daniels, <laughs> which is the name of the episode. A, a plague of Daniels. It's like a, an abundance of... Uh, what's it called? Oh, an abundance of Catherines. I just thought of the abundance of Danes joke I made years ago. When yeah, they had that's, a long, the, that's a long time ago. The... Uh, Dane Beams has stepped down as captain, and Dane Zorko is taking over. <laughs> um, so that's that's. I think it's easily Caleb Daniel. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I agree with you. Actually, no, I mean, the only other way you've possible is if Caleb Daniel cannot get the arms, and Sandlands handballs it <laughs> all the way down the field. But how's he kicking the goal? <laughs> it's a tough one. He's yeah. rushing behind to win. He wins like a. One Caleb Daniel kicks one goal, one to <laughs> one goal, thirteen at the other end. Um, so yeah, I know. I, I I think there's no shot. Yeah, right, right. That that was the only one I thought That's of. The only one you have. Oh, I should have come up with some myself. Anyway, I'm stealing. Um, I've got a new segment. It's called shit that I read on Bigfooty, and I'm stealing. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time Bigfooty got some. Uh, you know, <laughs> other than their own podcasts, podcast mentions. A Hawthorne fan on the main board mm. posted a thread about uh, average years to win a premiership. Right. So he was saying... 2021. Hmm? 2021. What do you mean? Well, I thought it was an average year to win a premiership. Yeah, okay. Funny. Because um, it was in October and <laughs> Perth. He means, like... How many years? Your strike rate, essentially. Oh, how often you should win one. So, he was gloating because Hawthorne are still top right. of this list. Yep. Um, so, I wanted to give you some of the statistics okay. here. On average, it takes Hawthorne, uh, I believe, seven years. Is that all-time or AFL era? It could be both. From they started in the AFL. Right. Because they've split the statistics. So, Brisbane Lions have their own section yeah, and Brisbane yeah. Bears have their own. Okay. Um, so their strike rate is 13.4%, which is the highest in the competition. Uh, Essendon is second with 13.01, uh, and Carlton with 12.8. Brisbane are the most recent team with a 12% strike rate, Brisbane's so West 3 in 25. Yeah. Uh, West Coast is still below Collingwood, in just on numbers. Two? They're 4 in 35. Um, Geelong don't make the 10% mark. No, they've been around yeah, the longest. They've been around they've too long. Between 64 and 2007, they didn't win one, which doesn't help you cause. Um, so yeah. Melbourne would be the worst, wouldn't it? Oh, no, St Kilda. Melbourne are actually better than Geelong. Melbourne oh, yeah, have they had, a, they had that run, didn't they, in the 60s? Uh, so they're uh, 13 over 122 years compared to Geelong's 10 over 122. Yeah. Um, the one that made me laugh... Uh, was St Kilda being 0.81%. Hey, they've won one. <laughs> they've done it. It said average years to win, 122. I know that's not how stats work, but that line Fre- itself made Frio, me laugh. Frio, North. So Frio, GWS and Gold Coast. St Kilda done something they haven't. You're forgetting University. University didn't one, I am win one either. University and the Brisbane Bears. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting just to see the frequency. And yeah, I mean, I, I've always been a 
proponent of AFL era, um, mostly because mm. it was an amateur competition. Like yeah. there was no like wage agreements. There was no yeah. players' union. It's hard to like. I, I don't think that player people shouldn't count them because people were rabid VFL fans yeah. when it was on, and they passionately cared about those teams. So obviously they count. But like the ones that happen today are in a much more mm-hmm. even playing field um, in terms of draft even. picks, in terms of salary caps. I totally, I have no problem with anyone who says AFL era mm. or anything like that. Um, I couldn't care less as long as the history is remembered. Yes, it's, and it's, I, like, it's a balanced and that, thing. That right? applies to Port Adelaide too. I'm not saying they should have 858 flags or however they You many. have to recognise the fact that they were a dominant side in that yeah, competition. absolutely. And without, you know, their input and the East and South Mantle's input, mm. the AFL wouldn't exist as it is today yeah. when the Waffle and Sandville put all the money into making it a national competition. So it, it is, like, I get why Port people get so frustrated by it. It gets really messy. Yeah, uh, it does, because they didn't play against each other. Yeah. Um, which is the other issue, right? Like, that's why... Because there were 10 Victorian teams. Yes. That, those ones do make more sense to compare to each other. Because they were playing each other. Um, but, like, in the same vein, they didn't. the other teams didn't have a chance to play no. in that competition. Um, so it is it is awkward, but I found it uh, just weight on numbers alone that Carlton and Essendon, despite not having done anything in, what, 23 years... Still kicking. Still second and third. So Incredible. Uh, if either of those two teams decide to we, get on a run, we are, might be dethroned. <laughs> we are at the time of year where it's very popular to think that Essendon and Carlton are good. Like, this is the time of year, every year, where mm-hmm. both of those teams, everyone's like, this this is the year. Like, it's March every year. They're like, this is it. Like, this is, like, mm-hmm. you know, they've been showing signs. It was very um, interesting last year, obviously, Essendon had a bad start to the season. Carlton yeah, had a yeah. good one. And the way people turned on Essendon... Oh, uh, it was, they rushed into finals the year before without beating a single top eight team yeah. um, until the Bulldogs at the end of the year mm-hmm. and then got brushed aside. And it was suddenly the 6,000 whatever days is yeah. going to be... It comes back so fast, doesn't it? going to make it to five digits or yeah. we can't make a final. Yeah, well, you, you wonder um, it's, it's how quickly people will turn on... Because uh, I just think with Carlton's injuries, if they lose a couple early, how quickly people are like, oh, you know, it's just going the same way, despite the fact that, like, the list doesn't dictate they will be playing their best football until probably round five or six. And you also have to take into effect their first two games against Richmond and Geelong. Yeah, who are teams that... Two finished above them and just traded in two midfield guns. Yeah. Uh, Their four games after that are easy. If they don't make it out three and three, uh, they're in trouble. Yep. Uh, Three and three or better. I think at the start of the year, that's all you need. I Mm. think that you want to go into probably round eight split. Yeah. And then you can build your season from there. Um, as you know, teams have proven in the last few years when they've been written off for being between 7th and 10th at that time of year. Um, I think the Bulldogs did it a few years ago, made a grand final. Geelong were there last year with a, around 5th, I think, at that point mm. of the year after losing to St Kilda and Hawthorne. Um, that's when teams are really building their season. Yeah. They're learning how their game plan they've built in the off-season stacks up, how they can tweak it, what they can get from Ross Lyons' audio. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> where they're going to get their season from there, but... I just don't think that it's worth looking into teams that early. No. Um, and it can really... Because AFL... Especially not this early, David King saying Brisbane are now clearly premiership favourites after their pre-season they're win. They're putting so much pressure on sides already. Yes. They're expecting Richmond to be top four. They're expecting Carlton to make finals or it's all over. Essendon have to be better. You're creating the pressure for these clubs. I think the same Let about... Let them play um, a month or two and then get to it. It didn't ruin Dacos last year, but... The amount of young players, first top three draft picks especially, mm-hmm. have just not performed. And I think so much of that is due to the weight put on them. I think like a Jat Watts, I think even Horn Francis in his mm-hmm. first year at North was meant to save this 
club that was always going to struggle. Think, uh, Phillips and um, Powell. Powell from um, North or another one. Um, McDonald, uh, McGrath, sorry, at Essendon mm-hmm. is another one. Like He's a very good footballer, mm-hmm. but he's not what they expected him to be. There's so much pressure put on kids who aren't anywhere near their footballing peak yet, so you no. can't compare them. One that somehow escaped it, and I'm glad he did, is Daniel Rich, mm. um, who was dominating waffle games at 17 yep. and then has basically stayed at the same level. He's, of, he's, really he's a very good footballer. Um, but like what he was expected to be was a you know multiple Brownlow medal winning you know champion, Mid, and, and he's he's a, ended up being a very, very good halfback. Yeah. Um, and you know thankfully he's respected in that way, and it might be because he's in Brisbane. I think that's 100% it. Um, but and yeah, I, maybe Ashcroft will escape it just due yeah, to that. Yeah, but you see um, these young players come through and the media hype and you're like, they're, it's, that's a child. Like, if, if Nick Dykos has a bad second season, if he has his second oh, year blues, it, it, will it be, could be... Kane Corns will be knives out. He'll be oh, yeah. <laughs> sharpening them. But Connor Rosie just gets better with every year, despite the fact that he had second year blues like crazy. Yeah. Um, he finally showed his full potential yeah. last season. Um, um, and I look, I expect him to have a very good year. I think yeah, he's I'm, I'm a genuinely good footballer. I'm gunning for it. I'd like to see it. He's another great example of that. Like when mm. you put so much pressure on someone, um, I, I worry about deconing this year after the year he had mm-hmm. last year, um, because especially with the injuries John yeah. have down back, that he's going to be expected to do so much. And it could just be a case where I know it's it can be done mid-season, but people will have been studying Geelong oh, very yeah. closely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I have a feeling players like De Koning or even someone like Brad Close in his efforts, efforts up yes. forward could be looked at closer by opposition. Well, and even, actually, even Myers, who I think yeah. got worked out after, I think it was his second year, he had a really good year, got worked out and then kind of changed his game and had another really good year last year. Like, he'll be reinvestigated. And even play, teams aren't going to let Cameron do what he did in the midfield no. again next year. Like, there they will are be, going to be honed in on Atkins. Yes, with oh, a, for sure. Fine-tooth comb. Like, He's, there's even Henry going up forward. Like mm-hmm. that will, there will be plans in place for yeah. those. Because teams... I, I hate when you hear the, this coach doesn't have a plan B. It's like, no, he just clearly didn't have an effective plan mm-hmm. B. Like, they've got plans A through, you know, Z, not just one game yeah. plan. Because there's so many um, things you have to take into account. I don't know. Game. I watched David Teague coach a lot before. Oh, <laughs> he only had a plan Teague, A. Uh, I love the Teague. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's so weird that they think that. Because, like, what, what do they think they're doing? Yeah. Like, there's a box full of coaches just all week trying to deconstruct how the team's playing and, and how they're going to react to new pieces. And stuff happens throughout the game. If the coaches weren't making moves, the middle four players wouldn't change. No. Your no. forwards <laughs> wouldn't rotate. Like, Harry Mackay... So, Ben Mackay wouldn't have played forward for North last year. <laughs> oh, I remember that. That was so funny. There was that leaking goals again. at the other end of Mackay's up forward dropping marks. Um, he was just standing there. It was so cold. funny. Um, I, I do like that I messaged you about it the other night, that the... As always, like clockwork, early season game, one of the Kai brothers is injured. This will be, this will be the eighth year, ninth Maybe year? you'll get better by round four. Eighth or ninth year in a row that they've not played against each no other? No idea. I, but it's yeah. It's becoming wild. I, 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 I know they said it when they were drafted. They said they don't want to play in the same team and they don't want to play against they each other. podcast now, though, so... Yeah, well... But maybe they are friends. It's amazing what CGI can do. <laughs> I think finally not living together... For eight, for eight years, years. <laughs> maybe they like each other again. They've spent yeah, enough that, time that, apart. That, that happens. Yeah. Absolutely. Siblings are much easier to tolerate when you don't live in the same house. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Parents too, honestly. Like, uh, if I lived with your dad, I'd kill myself. <laughs> Hope listening, dad. <laughs> um, yeah, no. It's. I think about it all the time. Like, I love my parents, but man, mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't live with them. I couldn't. All my siblings, to be honest. 
I'm Actually, gonna, no, I could live with Tammy. I'm not going to lie. I could live with mum. I could live with Tammy. No, no question. I, I would do it in a heartbeat. She needs someone to open jars for her. She's old. Yeah. <laughs> um, what if she needs a jar open in the morning, though? Oh. We all make it. sacrifices yeah. for the people yeah. we love. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that That's might a good be place it. to leave it. I don't a lot more. Um, Trying to think if I saw any other things on Bigfooty I want to steal. Oh, what I did see was that in the best news possible for this podcast, mm. Channel 7 is looking to make Job a permanent feature oh, of Thursday Night Football. Yes. Which is just the Job-isms dream. We can have Jobisms every week. If we can have Jobisms every week, I'll be That'd happy. be the be best regular podcast. segment on the show. Yeah. I love a Jobism. Um, I, I think about standards operandus daily. I, I love how they like to make the ground look smaller than the ground is. I like the fact that teams want the ground to feel big, but teams make the ground feel small. He's he's a genius, Job. His dad was a great coach. Um, that was he was was he St Kilda as well? I've had some nightmares. I think so. Years. Yeah, Foley um, was St Kilda. That just <laughs> made some bad picks. Well, um, let's see how they go with Ross. 2.0. Ross the boss two point Well, I mean, he's been their most successful coach of the last fifty years, uh, and that's painful. Oh, actually, who was coaching them when they made the lost grand finals to Adelaide? I don't know. I have no idea. Danny Crawley. Yeah, probably not. I don't <laughs> think so. He had one of the um, worst coaching records I've ever seen. What year was that? I'm 97. Gonna, I'm just going to quickly check it because I, if I don't find out, I'll... Never explain. know. Ever know. But, yeah, it was, I think it was 96, 97 with their back-to-backs. I could be wrong. could be 97, 8. Stan Owls? I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So he'd be their mo- at least most successful coach since then. So he, he, made- coached, he coached 110 games, 53 wins, 56 losses, one draw. Uh... So Lyon would probably be as successful or more successful I than think that. More. I think more. Um, so like I get I get the, the thought, but as we said last week, football's moved away from the Ross style. Going back to the same well is an interesting one, especially after the scandals he had. I've not uh, Ross Lyon much more successful with 76 41 4. I've not seen I can't remember the last time I saw a team go back to an old coach. Um it, it does seem like a weird a weird choice in modern football. The one I think of is David Parkin. Yeah. He came back, won a premiership. Um But I can't think of it. Well maybe it's a successful model then. Um not really. I don't think so. <laughs> I think Robert Walls might have done it too somewhere. Oh god, that's an name I didn't want to hear. It's like reading that Malthouse and Summit will both be writing for the West this I year. I might look into that and make an addendum next week. All right. Well, uh, next week we will have votes and football and overreactions to talk about. Mm. Not from us, probably. We'll just someone, be here, but... not naming names, <laughs> Trent Cotchins, going to flatten someone. Oh, he can get, get away, away with, with anything. <laughs> anything. We'll just... That was a dropped elbow. That was incredible. We'll discuss it next week. Have a oh. good one, everyone. Bye.